Hey, Willow, how are we doing this morning? You good? All right. Hey, I want you to know I was walking around before the service, and I actually, I was meeting some brand new people that are here for the first time. So can you just real quick to them and to all of you who are here for the first time, you just give it up to them for showing up. Glad that you all are here. Glad you all are here. Hey, and I just want to say this because others have said it, but since I'm the chief troublemaker, (laughs) uh, I just want to add my voice and say that we will never be the church that God dreams us up to be unless everybody is represented around the table. And so thank you, Willow Espanol, for joining us. To all of our people of color, everybody that's here, we're so glad that you are here. All right, well, you ready to do this? Yes. All right, good. Um, Well, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever done any hiking, but many times you'll see warnings or instructions along the way to give you tips uh, on how to navigate where you're going, how to stay safe, and, and how to help others along the way. And I think my favorite one that I've seen was uh, on a sign advising hikers to be on alert for bears. And it said this, we advise that hikers wear noisy little bells on their clothing so as not to stumble onto a bear and, and then startle the bear. Um, and also to carry pepper spray in case of an encounter with a bear. Kind of makes sense. It goes on to say, it's also a good idea to watch out for fresh signs of bear activity. Trail walkers should recognize the difference between black bear and grizzly bear droppings. Black bear droppings are smaller and contain lots of berries and squirrel fur. (laughs) Grizzly bear droppings have little bells in it and smell like pepper spray. Okay, all right. He told me to cut that in the first service, and I probably should have listened. So anyway, oh, I don't know if that's true, but I think it should be. Here's the thing. Um, When we are all taking next steps on the trail, even in our life, in our Christian life, there are guideposts that are there to help us along the way. Best practices along the way. We've been in this series called This Is The Way, looking at the book of 1 John and the way of Jesus. And so today, we're going to look at some more guideposts along the way. Así llegamos juntos a esta aventura llamada la vida cristiana. Y el primer señalamiento para ayudarnos a este camino dice, nunca camine solo. Repeat after me in Spanish, nunca camine solo. La vida cristiana no es un camino que hacemos solos. Sé que hay algo dentro de nosotros, pensamos, eh, solo es un paseo, es una caminata, estaré bien, nada va a salir mal. Pero un tema recurrente en las Escrituras es que debemos tomar este camino juntos. De hecho, en los primeros versículos de Primera de Juan 1, puedes subrayar esto si, si quieren, vemos la palabra comunión cuatro veces. Lo vemos dos veces en el versículo 3, lo vemos en el versículo 6 una vez, en el versículo 7 también lo tiene, ¿verdad? Miremos el versículo 3, Juan dice... Lo que hemos visto y oído para que también ustedes tengan comunión con nosotros. Y nuestra comunión es con el Padre y con su Hijo Jesucristo. Y luego añade esto. Les escribimos estas cosas para que nuestra alegría sea completa. Repeat after me, alegría completa. Alegría 
Alegría completa. Ahora, la palabra comunión. Si has estado mucho tiempo en la iglesia, eh, probablemente sea una palabra muy de iglesia. ¿eh? Pero creo que también es una palabra que se ha diluido. Subestimamos el significado y la profundidad de esta palabra comunión. Todo es bastante superficial. Y saludamos a alguien en la iglesia, en el estacionamiento, ¿verdad? O saludamos a alguien en el atro y... Sí, fue bueno tener comunión hoy con otros cristianos. ¿verdad? Pero esa palabra es mucho más significativa que eso. Y es la palabra griega koinonia. Repeat after me. Koinonia. Que literalmente es la idea de compartir algo significativo en común. Es algo tan significativo, de hecho... Que podemos unirnos a pesar de nuestras diferencias, a pesar de nuestras diferentes culturas, incluso si es un idioma distinto. Y gracias a esta gran idea en común estamos conectados. Podrías mirar a la persona que está a tu lado de ti y decirles qué es lo que te apasiona. Wait, let me change to English a little bit. So, this is for my dear gringo brothers. First, some of you have come to me and have told me, Pastor Fabian, I cannot sleep. I, I'm having nightmares. What is the meaning of the word gringo? <laughs> so I need to tell you that the uh, gringo comes from the, word, from the Greek word mi no español. But it comes too from, another, from deeper roots. That it means loved, cool guy, Dear friend, that doesn't know anything about Mexican independence, that is not on May, Mayo 5, it's on September 15. Okay, let's talk later about that. But <laughs> when I'm in these gatherings with my gringos friends, and especially at dinner, and they are start talking about, this is amazing, this is amazing what happened at the tables of a gringos, uh, with the gringos when they are start speaking about American football. It's, it's like they're just stop. And they start having all these passionate talks about animals, bears, rams, something like that. <laughs> so I'm talking about that. What is that thing that pumped you, right? That is so passionate about. Because it's a cosa que, están, eh, que te apasiona. Please turn to the, per, to, to the per, to people next to you and tell them what is, what is that thing you are passionate about. Come on, do it. Háganlo. Vamos a platicar qué es esto que nos apasiona. If you are alone, just talk to God. Okay, nice, good. Okay, come back, come back. Regreso, regreso. Willow family, familia de Willow, imagina esta pasión uniéndonos. Esa es la palabra coinonia. Repeat after me in English, connected. Connected. Juan nos dice qué es eso. Y eso en realidad es una persona en primera de Juan 1.3. Escucha. Y nuestra comunión es con el Padre y con su Hijo Jesucristo. And one of the things that we've discovered and that we see often with people is that they'll sometimes sort of scoff at this guidepost, this idea of never traveling alone. Because they don't think it's necessary to connect to a faith community or be part of a church. And so they'll tell us something like, you know what, I can go to church in my car I can watch it on the treadmill, I can go on, my, uh, on the couch, I don't need church, I can, I can worship God in the kitchen. The church is just not for me. But inevitably, what we see is that at some point then along the way, people will begin 
to struggle. At some point, you, you trip and you fall and you twist an ankle as you're hiking along this Christian journey, and suddenly you find yourself very alone. And that's because we need each other as we travel the path together. Fred Craddock was a, a favorite preacher of mine, and he would tell stories about his father. Now, his father was not a Christian. His father was very skeptical of the church, skeptical of, of faith. And Craddock says that he just couldn't get his dad to come and to visit a church. But some of his friends that were preachers, they, they would come and they would try to help him out, talk to his dad. But his dad would always respond the same way. His dad would always say, listen, I know what you guys are doing. And I know what you want. You want me to come to your, uh, to your church just, just so that you'll have another name on the rolls or another pledge. You want another name for your membership or you want another dollar in the bucket. That's all you care about. But as his dad grew older, he started to have some health problems. And he had to have a serious surgery at one point where his throat or portion of his throat was removed. And he could no longer speak. And it actually made it difficult for him to, him to eat. He lost weight down to 74 pounds. Grown man, 74 pounds. But even though his dad wasn't a part of a church, his dad began to experience the love of the church as people from the church came to visit with him and pray with him. And they brought meals over to the house and they sent cards and they would send flowers just trying to encourage him. And over time... Something must have happened. As Craddock tells about the last conversation that he would have with his dad, his dad was reading some of those cards from church members, and he grabbed a piece of paper and he ushered his son over and he just wrote these words on the paper. I was wrong. I was wrong about your church. Y nuestra invitación para ti es que no esperes a que estés en el camino y las dificultades y las luchas te hagan darte cuenta de que necesitas ayuda. Nunca estuvimos destinados a, a viajar solos. And so we can never travel alone. The second thing that I'd share with you is this, uh, this idea of walking during the day. Walking during the day. That's a guidepost. You know, people will run in New York Central Park during the day but they avoid it at night, right? Because there are some dangerous things that happen at night. Uh, you think about what happens when you pick up under a rock. You could have a beautiful garden, but you pick up under the rock where it's only dark. There's some nasty things growing under the rock where it's dark. Look at your Bible, what 1 John 1.5 says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie, and we do not uh, live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, well, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What's he talking about? He's talking about taking those sins and bringing them out from in the dark, out into the light. That's the power of confession. It's one of the things we say in 12-step groups is this, that you're only a sick as your secrets. Secrets thrive, they germinate in the darkness. And so what we'll do is we confess to God for forgiveness, and then we confess to a trusted friend 
And that helps the healing to begin. And that's why we need to walk together, number one, but also walk in the light, number two. Mientras andamos juntos en este caminar, otra de las reglas con las que todos estamos de acuerdo es esta. Vamos a estar de acuerdo en usar el mapa, la palabra de Dios. Una y otra vez en el libro de primera de Juan, Juan habla de, sobre cómo viajar con otros. Y entonces, si miramos a través del Nuevo Testamento, se habla mucho sobre los unos por los otros. Así es como debemos de tratarnos unos a otros mientras viajamos juntos. Entonces, por ejemplo, se nos dice repetidamente que oremos unos por otros. Y como iglesia, estamos comprometidos con esto. Queremos convertirnos en una iglesia que ora y queremos convertirnos en una iglesia que ora los unos por los otros. La Biblia dice en Romanos 12, ámense los unos a los otros. Romanos 15 dice, acéptense los unos a los otros. Gálatas 5, sírvanse los unos a los otros. Efesios 4, sean bondadosos y misericordiosos los unos con los otros. Colosenses 3, perdónense los unos a los otros. Primera de Tesalonicenses 5, anímense los unos a los otros. Y la lista sigue y sigue, ¿va? Aquí está el desafío para todos nosotros. Tomemos la frase de los unos a los otros y reemplacémosla con un nombre específico. Probemos solo una vez. Perdónense y luego pongámosle el nombre de la persona. No nos escapemos del anzuelo eh, a simplemente haciendo lo general. Seamos específicos. ¿Quién es esa persona en tu vida que necesitas animar hoy? Que necesitas orar el día de hoy que necesitas ayudarle a lo largo del camino. Porque recuerda que somos hermanos y hermanas, estamos en este camino juntos. Never travel alone. Don't travel in the dark, travel in the light. And always travel as much as you can according to God's word. Let's look at a fourth warning or guidepost we find along this Christian journey. In 1 John 2:4 going to talk about being prepared for difficult terrain. He says, I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you're strong, and the word of God lives in you. And then here it is, you have overcome the evil one. That phrase of overcoming the evil one, it's conveying the assumption that life is going to be difficult. There are going to be challenges. This narrow path is going to be a tough path for us to walk. Now, we, we would rather have it as easy as we can. We want an easier path, you know. There's a place out in the Grand Tetons in Wyoming. It's called the Bridger Wilderness Area. And everybody goes hiking out there. And they've actually put a suggestion box for people when they're done with their hike to be able to suggest some things for the rangers to do. Can I just read four of them for you because people are hilarious. All right, first one is this. There are too many bugs and spider webs out in the park. So if we could do something about that, let's get right on it, okay? Second one, please pave the trails. All of the trails, okay. How about this one? There are too many rocks in the mountains. I believe that, all right. And then this is probably my favorite. The trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. <laughs> real people, <laughs> real 
suggestions. And we laugh at that, but it's a perfect description of how we sometimes feel in our Christian life. It's like, oh Lord, you know, you can give me some challenges every once in a while, but nothing big, like not cancer, not job loss, not divorce. Don't let me, don't let my kids go through hard things. Or Lord, man, you know, some of my friends could ask me tough questions or ridicule me, but not my college professors or my boss or someone in authority over me. I just don't know if I could handle that. We want things to be easy. We want a gradual slope as opposed to the steep, uphill, narrow path. You know, James is a half-brother of Jesus, and when he talked about trials, he said this, when trials come. Not if, but when. So we know that trials are going to come. Algunos de ustedes conocen el nombre de Dave Drabecki, right? En la década de 1980 fue un lanzador exitoso para los gigantes de San Francisco, pero enfermó de cáncer y le tuvieron que amputar el brazo izquierdo, su brazo de lanzar junto con parte del hombro. Sin embargo, este hombre cristiano nunca se hundió en la autocompasión. Él dijo, Dios me ha enseñado algo en los últimos dos años. Dijo, Dios me enseñó que si alguna vez has estado, has estado en la cima de la montaña, si alguna vez has estado en el valle, que nunca encontrarás una vegetación exuberante en la cima de la montaña. Él dijo, la exuberante vegetación siempre está abajo en el valle. ¿Y sabes por qué? Es porque ahí es donde el suelo es más fértil y donde se produce el mayor crecimiento. Él dijo, lo que he encontrado es que a través de este valle Dios me ha estado ayudando a crecer y profundizar. El terreno accidentado, caminar por el valle, en realidad lo hizo ir más profundo. La última regla con la que estamos de acuerdo mientras tomamos este camino juntos es confiar en tu guía. Juan continuamente apunta a estos nuevos cristianos, de regreso al ejemplo de Cristo. Él es a quien seguimos. And let me go a little bit off script here and share something about a guide. Uh, we recognize that, uh, I mean, the last four or five years, two, two last has been better, but before that, it has been difficult for our church. And then God brought this beautiful family called the Domits. Wait. We as a, a Spanish ministry, uh, we felt painfully isolated. And then this guy entered my office one day. He, not, not me to him, he entered. He sat in front of me, took look at my eyes and said, how can we make this together? My beautiful Will family, I felt sin. Not just me, but the whole congregation. God brought this guide, and it's just not that, but we are amazed that this guy is entering up building on fire, right? Like, who wants that? But God gave them this call. And thanks, and because of that, we are a more united church than ever. We are thankful for you, friend. Love you. 
Yes, I was uh, listening to him, and I was talking to God at the same time, like, God, but he doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> and he doesn't eat hot, spicy stuff. <laughs> Do you really want me to follow this guy? And God, I, clearly, I, I promise, I heard God so clearly saying, I sent this guy, me, just trust your guy. And then it has been a bumpy, funny, exciting, spicy, <laughs> amazing road because of them. Thank you again, Dominic family. Thank wow. you. <clears throat> Let's go back to our script. Hemos visto varias veces, Primera de Juan 2.6, el que afirma que permanece en él debe vivir como él vivió. Debe caminar como Jesús caminó y Jesús es el que nos ha precedido. Ha llevado una vida perfecta. Jesús mismo dijo de sí mismo, yo soy el camino. Y así lo seguimos con confianza. Una de mis palabras favoritas para Jesús en el Nuevo Testamento es la palabra prodomos. Repeat after me. Prodomos. Y literalmente significa el que ha ido antes. Y solo nos animo a que empecemos a pensar a Jesús de, en Jesús de esta manera. A recordar que este hombre, este nombre que lo describe es el que va delante de nosotros, ¿verdad? Si tuviéramos que emprender una escalada, una caminata difícil y tuviéramos dirigiéndonos al excursionista o escalador más hábil y si además conociera el terreno y ha recorrido este camino antes, podemos disfrutar de este viaje de una manera completamente diferente. Que si no tuviéramos esa persona dirigiéndonos, Jesús ha ido antes que nosotros. Y entonces lo seguimos juntos. Pero lo estamos siguiendo a él, Willow. Es un cam camino angosto, es un camino difícil, pero podemos disfrutarlo gracias a aquel a quien seguimos. Let's pray together to the one we follow. Oremos. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Dios, gracias por enviar a tu hijo, Jesucristo. Thank you that you loved us enough to send him. Gracias por amarnos y enviarlo. That for those who put their faith in him, we will not perish but have everlasting life. Para que todos los que creyéramos en él no pereciéramos sino tuviéramos vida eterna. Thank you also that he understands what we go through. Gracias porque también sabemos que Jesús entendió por lo que estamos pasando. He understands what it means to be alone because there were times that he was alone. Gracias porque él entiende lo que significa ir solo. He understands what it means to be tempted because he was tempted in the desert. Él entiende lo que significa que seamos tentados porque él fue tentado en el desierto. He knows what it means to be abandoned by his friends because he was. Él sabe lo que es ser abandonado por tus amigos porque él así lo fue. He knows what it means to see the path forward in front of him. Él sabe lo que es lo que viene por delante. And to look up at his father and say, I don't want to go. Y orar a su padre decirle, no quiero ir, papá. And yet he went to the cross for our sake. Y aún así fue a la cruz por nuestros pecados. He died and he rose again for our sake. Murió y fue resucitado por nuestra, para nuestra vida. To bring glory to you. Para traer gloria a ti and to make a way for us. Y para hacer camino para nosotros. Thank you for our protomas. Gracias por nuestro prodomos. It's in his name that we pray. Es Amen. en tu nombre que oramos. En nombre de Cristo Jesús. Amén.